You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. The 757 is steeped in high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give local sports the spotlight it deserves every single night. It's the 757 at 6 on ESPN Radio 94.1. 757 at 6, ESPN Radio 94.1. I'm Tim Donnelly, Robbie Vogler, keeping us up and running. I think the... uh, Fairy tale coming to an end. Of course, I'm talking about Taylor Heineke in Washington. There is there was a fairy tale element of everything that happened with with Heineke with the the Commanders, right? I mean, he's from the College of Old Dominion University, and I guess you could say the hometown team for this area is either Carolina or Washington. Probably Washington first. Well, he played for Carolina and Washington, Washington a lot more. Like, it, it it all fit perfectly, right? And he was this scrappy underdog, and everybody liked it. All his college fans and friends could easily make that drive and go watch him play. It was this whole thing. And, and after today, barring some big changes, coaching, front office, that sort of thing, I'm going to go ahead and predict we don't see Taylor Heineke with Washington next year. Now, I'll give you the, the the full rundown of it all. And it's going to go through uh, some tweets with, with Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Um, let me make sure I bring them up appropriately. Don't want to mistribute anything. All right, here's the deal. Jeremy Fowler reported earlier today that Taylor Heineke would start for Washington this weekend, week 18, and Sam Howell would also play. Then... The commanders put out that Sam Howell would start. And when that happens to a reporter, you almost feel bad for him, right? It's like, ooh, missed. But but Jeremy Fowler had, had an explanation. I will read you the tweet from three hours ago from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. The expectation about which quarterback would start for Washington shifted from Taylor Heineke to Sam Howell late this morning per sources. Heineke, who had received indications that he was in line to start, believed Howell was deserving of a full game and relayed that to coaches. Hmm. Now I hear that, and and my first reaction was like, Taylor Heineke is the most unselfish dude on the planet, right? He just gave a start away when being a starting NFL quarterback is every quarterback's dream. But then I started thinking, Heineke's not stupid. Heineke's, I mean, he's nice, but I don't think anyone's that nice. So what's really happening here? I don't think he liked the, and now I'm inferring, but, you know, educated guess. I don't think he liked the the context. I don't think he liked the situation. To have someone go in and say, I don't want the start, give it to him, is almost like saying, starting me is insulting. Right. The only other example that I could think of of a, a real time that this happened, and I brought it up earlier on the Tim Donnelly show, is when Eli Manning had the the longest active start streak of quarterbacks, meaning he started the most consecutive games without getting hurt, without getting benched, and the Giants wanted to make a move. 
They wanted to. Was it Geno Smith or Daniel Jones? It was Geno Smith. Smith. A previous life Geno Smith. They wanted to start Geno Smith, spark the offense, whatever. But they recognized that fans would be really upset that Eli Manning ended the streak. So they said, what we're going to do is, what do you think of this? We start Eli. He plays a drive. Then we go to Geno Smith. And Eli said, no. Said, I'm not a ceremonial starter. Like, that's not how the, any of this works. Right? It's it's like, it would be as if halfway through Cal Ripken's Iron Man streak, he, in, in a cast, went out there for the for one pitch, and then they took him out. It's like, that's just, no. That's not how this works. So Taylor Heineke going in there, I feel like it has to have that same energy for him to pass on a start, right? It has to be, no, I'm not doing this. And once you start getting into those situations where it's like, why are you treating me? that? No. Why would you think I'd be okay with this? Have him start. Don't embarrass me. I think that's a hard relationship to, to make okay. Not to say it wouldn't be possible. If they were tied together, if he was on a three-year contract, I think they could water under the bridge, right? It could be like, all right, well, we're going to be together for the next few years. Let's figure it out. Let's get in a room. Let's hash it out. But when it happens the game before your contract expires and you're going to be on the open market as a true free agent and all of these other teams can make you offers, and I think you've done enough to bring value to other teams, it's like, well, why? Why get in a room and hash it out, right? Why? If I'm Taylor Heineke, someone else gives me an offer, I'm making Washington pay. I didn't like what you did week week 18 tax. You know what I mean? It's like, well, okay, that team offered me $5 million a year. You got to pay me at least seven and change because I didn't like what you did to me week 18. It's not here's the offer. Can you match it? It's here's the offer. Can you exceed it by a good amount? And that's a bummer for, like I said, the fairy tale element of it, right? It, it's part of the reason why I think LeBron going to Miami hurts so badly to Cleveland because the fairy tale element of it was he was a kid from Akron playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers. It all made sense. And unfortunately, the the business element gets in the way of fairy tales occasionally. Right? Like, like, imagine if Joe Burrow didn't go to LSU. He would have been oh, an Ohio high school legend, an Ohio state legend, and now he'd be playing for Cincinnati in the state of Ohio. But he left and went to LSU for a couple years and broke records. And it just, the fairy tale element of it became less impactful. Taylor Heineke from ODU to Washington was like, this is, you can't write this stuff. I think it might be coming to a close, but that's not to say just like it wasn't to say the end for LeBron wasn't the end for Burrow, right? It's not the end for him. I think he's going to go somewhere else and back up quarterbacks. You're always, you know, one play away from your McCown moment. I should explain what a McCown moment is, right? Uh, a McCown moment is it's what I call when a backup quarterback gets an opportunity, takes advantage of it, and then suddenly their careers, career is revitalized. It's named after Josh McCown. He was a backup for the Chicago Bears, tail end of his career. McCown, or, uh, Jay Cutler goes down for eight games. McCown goes in, lights the world on fire. I think it was 20 touchdowns, three interceptions. Suddenly he's in the league for another 10 years. 
got starter money from Tampa, big money. So Taylor can go somewhere and sit behind his equivalent of Jay Cutler if he gets hurt for eight games, step right in. Right, he could be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Do you know what Ryan I, I think he's got some voodoo or something going on because if Ryan Fitzpatrick was your backup, he's going to start at some point in time. The problem was he couldn't turn off the backup. If Ryan Fitzpatrick was your starter, the backup's also going to play. So he, he was kind of, you know, darned if you do, darned if you don't. But he, uh, Heineke, I think, has solidified himself a long career in the NFL. What stinks is I don't think it's going to be for the team closest to his college team where he made his, his name originally. And maybe it's not the end of the world. Maybe he needs a change of scenery. Maybe, you know, backing up Jared Goff or something is is more his his style. Potentially. But I will open up this. I will say if there's a, a new front office, new coaching staff, new all of that, then Washington might be the new place that he could stay and the fairy tale would be alive. I'll say this. Heineke feels like he would be great under Dan Campbell. He feels like a guy because he always looks mad on the football field. He always looks angry, kind of like he's just like focused. He always looks like, you know, he's got a purpose, whatever yeah. he's doing. The eyebrows like tilt. Like, yeah, when, so when I feel like he, field, he's yeah. one of those guys that would be okay with biting kneecaps if he needed to. Oh, he's definitely a kneecap biter. Can you, like when 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 ter- uh, when, when Taylor went down and then he got hit the, the, to beat the, the Eagles at the end of the game? Yep. Oh, the post-game speech with Dan Campbell? That's a player that knows how to do whatever it takes. He drew a penalty. That was the best, best drawn penalty I've ever seen. I think he walked out of that, that scrum with a kneecap. Like, Dan Campbell would, would love Taylor Heineke. If, if, if they do, like, there's a, they're going to have a top draft pick. If they draft a quarterback, bring in Taylor as the backup, Taylor as a bridge quarterback, Dan Campbell might never quit him. They might have a Jordan Love situation. Not because T- Taylor Heineke goes on to win two MVPs to keep Jordan Love on the bench like like Aaron Rodgers did, but just because Dan Campbell's like, I just love this guy. I can't bench him. Plays too hard for me. New fairy tale. Dan Campbell, Taylor Heineke. Tim Donnelly show was earlier today. Right now it's the 757 at 6 right here on ESPN Radio 94.1. Uh, text lines open 757-687-9494. We're talking ODU men's basketball coming up next. The 757 at 6. Highlighting local high school athletes and coaches. It's the number one local sports radio station in the 757. This is is ESPN Radio 94.1, and this is the 757 at 6. 757 at 6, ESPN Radio 94.1. I'm Tim Donnelly, and before we start talking about ODU men's basketball, and we did talk with uh, Ted Alexander, the voice of the Monarchs, earlier today. Um, You can catch that on the podcast page, and and we'll re-air it for you tomorrow during the 757 at 6. I don't understand eligibility in college at all. This is uh, Ricky Meisen, Miazen. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Do you, do you I know think it's Miazen. Miazen. Riddle me this, okay? He's an Alexandria native, right? So he's a Northern Virginia guy, and he's coming to play lacrosse at UVA. So he's coming to Charlottesville. At one point in time, he was the number one lacrosse recruit in the country. The only thing that's confusing me is he took a detour to play five seasons of college football at Stanford 
Now he's transferring to UVA where he hopes to have two years of lacrosse eligibility. He was in the 2018 class. So if he has two years of, of eligibility, I guess that is, I assume that's this spring. Is that, is that like this upcoming spring? That is sounds it? right. And then the next spring? Correct. Which would be 2024? How in the world is that possible? I mean, I know there's COVID and injuries and all that sort of, sort of stuff, but what is it? I mean, at what point in time do we just say there there's no eligibility you can play as long as you want? At what point in time? You can play yeah, after 8 seasons if you want to switch sports, go ahead. He he was the number 1 lacrosse recruit in 2018. Then he went and played 5 years of college football at Stanford. Then decided, you know what? I think I'm going to go back to lacrosse and play in college still. I don't understand eligibility in the least bit. But if you're a UVA lacrosse fan, and I know there are many in the area, they're very, very good. Uh, They were a two-time defending national champion before not winning this past one. I mean, good for you. I guess he's probably probably an asset. I don't know if you you can lose your lacrosse skills, but he might be a little rusty, but he's a talented athlete in, the, in anyway. Should I after my football career was over, should I have gone and tried to like pick up rowing or something for four extra years of, of college? That's what it sounds like, Tim. No defense, no offense to no defense. No offense to the rowers out there, but I Seems yeah. like all you got to be is lanky and dedicated. Yeah, I was about to say, you got a tall build. You just got to be lanky and dedicated. Got to get up early. That's the thing. Yeah, I don't know. That's <laughs> side note here, right? Because obviously, I'm, I like I was an athlete. I value sports. My wife was, was a college athlete. So we, we have our son. He's one, one and a half-ish. And uh, everyone keeps like, oh, are you going to pressure him to do this? I'm like, oh, whatever sport he wants to play. But... You know, whatever he wants to do, I just want him to, you know, have something to do after school, stay out of trouble, all that kind of stuff. But I am thinking, like, if it's one of those sports where he's got to be dropped off at practice at 4 a.m., we're we're gonna have we're gonna have some problems. Whatever he wants to do, I just want him to be happy. I want to support him. But swimming is almost always like a 4 a.m. practice, and I do not love that idea. You got rowers. Like uh, ice hockey, the rink time is always like, well, yeah, we're practicing from 1130 at night to 2 a.m. I'm like, what? So I might have to start saying whatever makes him happy, whatever sport he wants to play, I'm supporting him as long as the practice is a normal time and it doesn't mess with our sleep schedules. He's messed with our sleep schedule enough as an infant. I'm not ready to sign up for 15 more years of it as he goes through youth sports. Unless it's golf and it's an early morning tea time. Golf and, you and early morning tea him. time. No, that that is that is a okay. That's a hundred percent a okay. That doesn't mess with sleep schedules. That that increases our quality of life. Seven five seven at six. ESPN Radio ninety four point one. Uh, ODU men's basketball is, is you know we've talked we actually talked about it yesterday uh, here on the seven five seven at six. And we brought it up again with with Ted Alexander, voice of the Monarchs, conversation we had earlier today. Um, the soft thing, I think, is something we're going to pay attention to. Um, after the Arkansas State loss, Coach Jeff Jones called the team soft. They responded well against Louisiana, who was a Sunbelt preseason favorite, um, and beat Louisiana 70-66. And, and 
you know, the way that Ted described it was the message was heard, right? They heard, they heard what they needed to hear and they, they corrected the problem. And that's great. Now the question is, is that something you're going to have to do like every game? Are you going to have to just insult the team so they get mad and play well? They play Troy tomorrow. You can hear it right here on ESPN Radio 94.1 on the road. This is the first time they've been on the road in six games. This is um, a game where their toughness will be challenged yet again. The Sun Belt, and it's the same, you know, it's, it's it's a be careful what you wish for situation. When ODU joined the Sun Belt, it was the middle of the summer. Right or it was last spring when all of the the drama was going on. When ODU joined the Sun Belt, it was look at the quality of competition. I mean, every team, top to bottom, uh, you know, sports is a priority, and they invest and they they have a history of being uh, this quality and this level. And oh my goodness, and and you're bringing JMU and Marshall. This is going to be so good for their strength of schedule, which is easy to say, like in July, but also. Now you have to play a really, really tough schedule. And you feel like you make a breakthrough against a team like Louisiana, and it's like, all right, we're playing tough. Great. Woo. It's like, oh, no, don't even. The Louisiana game already happened, right? That, that took place New Year's Eve. It's already in the rearview mirror. You have to be eyes forward on Troy. And don't even think for a minute after you play Troy, you're going to be able to take a breath because two days later you're playing on the road at Georgia Southern. Like the Sun Belt is a gift and a curse. Now, hopefully over time, you will level up and level up and level up until you're the premier of that conference. But until then, being soft is unacceptable on the on the court, right? I mean, we were talking to Ted Alexander, like how does that manifest itself? He was like, well, you know, there's some easy buckets, right? The layups, the putbacks, the transition that they just aren't making for, you know, what appeared like maybe taking some contact or not being prepared to take the contact. That's unacceptable, but there's a whole other form of that, which is you have to be mentally tough enough to be on that that treadmill set to 20. You have to be mentally tough enough to, to be called out by your coach, deal with that, right? Go through that. Then bounce back, react appropriately, fight back, play better in your next game, and understand that's not a finish line. You have to be mentally tough enough to not go, hey, pat me on the back. I played football. We got 24 hours after every game, right? You, did that. you played once a week, Saturday to Saturday, and, and there is more time for you to look back. And A lot of times in, in college basketball, and it was actually my roommate in college, one of my best friends, uh, played college basketball. And we would like we'd talk about you know preparing for games and stuff, and me and the football guys would be – mind blown that there were games they didn't watch on film. They played them and never got together, like even with an assistant coach and watch. Cause they're like, yeah, we have, you know, 46 hours until the next game tips off. We had to dive right into the scouting report of the next team. And, and we never got to film or, or even, you know, Hey, yeah, we had a, uh, he'd go to film and it would be like a half hour. Like, yeah, practice starts at three. Got to get there at two fifteen for film. I'm like, what? How do you fit it in 45 minutes? He's like, well, it takes 15 minutes to get changed and get my ankles taped. Then we do a half hour of film and go to practice. Coach just brings in clips that he wants us to watch. But that's basketball. That's where they're mentally different than football. Football, it's like, 
we played on Saturday. We got to film on Sunday at seven o'clock in the morning and we didn't leave till six. Like Sunday was just film. If you were lucky and when you passed through the locker room, you could catch some NFL on the TV. That's it. Unless there was like, you know, one of our teammates from the previous year was playing a big game. The coaches might go like, hey, everybody get to the locker room, cheer on your buddy. But that was about it. So I'm looking at this ODU team and thinking, being called soft by your coach obviously is coaching through the media, trying to motivate. But also, if there's a grain of truth in that, that's going to be a problem, right? If there's a grain of truth in soft, it's it'll manifest itself in different ways, and you need to eliminate it completely and then stay on top of it to make sure it doesn't pop back up, right? It's, it's like a uh, – <laughs> ready for this? You, I, I love my wild analogies. This is a good one. Um, my wife's aunt, okay, has or had bamboo in her backyard. Bamboo, That's okay. Thank you very much. V- bamboo grows like crazy, and they got the backhoe out there, and they were they were they were trying to get rid of the bamboo. It was taken over, and it was very much like if you leave one root of bamboo out there. The whole thing will be back in like a year, right? And that's kind of like when a coach calls a team soft, it's like you have to eliminate every kind of it, right? If you leave one root of soft anywhere in your team, two weeks from now, you're going to be missing layups again, right? The Louisiana win will be like, yeah, the backyard looked great for a month, and then all the bamboo was back. Like, yeah, remember that Louisiana game? Things were great. And then all the soft came back. So now it's about sticking, staying on top of it. Beginning tomorrow when they take on Troy at Troy. Again, you can hear that right here on ESPN Radio 94.1. Matter of fact, the broadcast will be beginning tomorrow at exactly this time. About 30 seconds from now. Right here on 94.1. We'll be back with more of the 757 at 6. Stick around. The only place that gives you 757 high school and college sports talk on a nightly basis. It's the 757 at 6 on ESPN Radio 94.1. 757 at 6, ESPN Radio 94.1. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at ESPN Radio 941. You can also follow me at Donnelly Sports. D O N N E L L Y S P O R T S. All of our social media brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering. The transfer portal, polarizing. You either love it or you hate it, right? Bad rap, good rap, reputation. I think it just kind of is what it is, right? That's where that's where college sports and college football are at the moment. So you can either get with it or get lost. Right? You can fight against it, but you're just screaming into the wind. But I, I also think it's important to recognize that it's probably one of those things that you hate in, until it benefits you, right? You're like, oh, all these kids, oh, they, they, no one wants to be loyal. No one wants to compete. Everyone wants to go. Did you say my favorite team got a five-star transfer? Oh, well, he's not running from competition. He's running to a better opportunity, right? It's, it's, it's. One of those things that you don't see the logic until you see the logic. For example, uh, Princess Anne High School graduate, Tony Grimes, actually graduated early. 
five-star recruit. Five-star. That's the, There is no six-star. Five-star recruit, cornerback, goes to, to North Carolina. Doesn't, I, I would say, doesn't have a five-star career as of yet. Not to say he won't, but uh, his talent and his, his recruiting profile would say, you know, all ACC type performer. And up to this point in 2021, he was an all ACC honorable mention. Um, and that's, that's as, as far as, as we've gotten. Transferring out of North Carolina, which by the way, he's not the only one transferring out of North Carolina, quite a few, but he's transferring out of North Carolina. Going to Texas A&M could be the type of fresh start that a player like him needs to go remind everybody how gosh darn good he is. How talented he is. How much his physical skill set lends itself to being a defensive back at the highest levels. I kind of think of, and, and this is a, not exactly the same situation, but I think of Jalen Phillips, who was a edge rusher out of Miami that was drafted in the first round and now is doing really, really well in the NFL. He went to UCLA as the top edge rusher in his class. Didn't work out. I think at one point he fell off a scooter or something and got seriously injured and he fell down on the depth chart, and it was just one of those things like it didn't, it didn't mesh. Goes to Miami, it meshes. Plays great, dominates goes to the NFL, and everyone just kind of forgets that he had this rocky road to get there because it looks like five-star recruit, goes to college, gets drafted in the first round, straight line, right? Just from one success to the other. But that's not how it always works. Sometimes the fit just doesn't work. It's nobody's fault, right? Tony, I'm sure, went to North Carolina. North Carolina had high expectations for him. He had high expectations for North Carolina. They all worked as hard as they possibly could work, and it just, it, it, the, the lofty heights weren't reached. Think of it like a relationship, right? There, there's, there's some relationships just don't work. You ever had that one where you're friends with both sides, like a guy and a girl are dating, you're friends with both, and they they break up, and you're like, well, you're a good person, you're cool, you're fun to hang out with, and and so are you. You're a good person. You're, why didn't this work? And then it just didn't work. They don't hate each other. They're just like, yeah, we think we could be more happy elsewhere. And you're like, you know what? That is healthy as heck. I'm proud of you. This could be, and then, you know, what, six months later, both of them are married, kids on the way with someone else, right? It's like, they they knew what they were looking for. Tony Grimes might be just like, you know what? North Carolina was fun. I got a lot of sweet Jordans, a lot of cool gear. Drake May, it was fun to go up against him in practice. I'm going to go to the the SEC. Now he's going to have to fight a little bit. I, I, I found it funny. The first article I read, um, the first article I read about Tony Grimes committing to Texas A&M was on ESPN, and I went and found it again because I wanted to read this to you. Grimes will provide much-needed depth for the Aggies. I was like, how different it is committing somewhere out of the portal against committing out of out of high school as a, as a, a five-star. Right? There was a time where if Tony Grimes went to a school, it wasn't providing depth. It was slotted to start. So he's going to have to go out there and earn some things. I, I expect him to. I mean, the talent is immense, so I expect him to to rise to the top, but that is different, and maybe that's the, the kick in the pants you need, right? Maybe you need to commit to Texas A&M and then read a couple of the articles about you and say, depth. 
All right. Uh, hey, coach, uh, when do we start? Right? Like, that, maybe that's what you need. I just think of the, the portal gets really, really bad press until there's someone you like, someone you're invested in, who just needs a change of scenery. Right? Until there's someone from down the street, right? Went to Princess Anne, who's at North Carolina, and it's just, I don't think he's getting a chance to feature himself. So now the portal's awesome. Now he gets to go play for a team that that is going to feature him, hopefully. I mean, it, it really is that simple sometimes. Sometimes the 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 final product isn't the sum of its parts. Right? You you'd think Tony Grimes and at North Carolina with that Drake May offense and Mac Brown and all the Dre Bly and all this stuff, that it was like, oh, that's a that's a powder keg. It's just gonna explode. It's gonna be great. But when all the things add up and you don't get the explosion, it's like, I mean, go try over there. Go try over there. I just, you know, personal preferences. I wish it wasn't helping Jimbo Fisher. He just, I don't like the guy. But other than that, it's good for everybody. 757 at 6, right here on ESPN Radio 94.1. As I said earlier, be sure to follow us on Twitter at ESPN Radio 941 and at Donnelly Sports. Social media brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering, as always. You can also catch out this show and uh, catch this show and the Tim Donnelly show on our podcast page at ESPN Radio 941.com. Um, Robbie is going to close out the show with Robbie's Roundout coming up in a couple of minutes here. Um, in the meantime, tomorrow on the 757 at 6, you'll hear from Ted Alexander, voice of the Monarchs, and the Tim Donnelly show, as always, is 3 to 6. So until then, have a great night, everybody. Enjoy. The 757 at 6. The clock is running out on the 757 at 6. That means it's time for Robbie's Roundup. Or wait a minute. It's Robbie's Roundabout or Robbie's Roundout. Whatever he's calling it today. Here's Robbie Vogler on ESPN Radio 94.1. That's right. It is the 757 at 6. Robbie's Roundout. Rounding out the show as we always do when we have a full hour long 757 at 6. And something that that we, we talk a lot about basketball yesterday. Obviously, we we talked in detail about the ODU women's basketball team and and how I wasn't too worried about how how they were and how they performed over the, the holiday break. And Let's be honest, I'm, I'm still not worried. They've got games over the next couple of days, and I'll be more worried if, if they kind of follow that up with another you know, couple of games that, that are less than stellar in terms of performance. And we talked yesterday about the holidays can kind of be a, a time where things kind of just kind of run together. You don't really know what is happening. You're not really sure how things are, you're not really sure how your schedule is, everything is, you know, when you're off for any period of time, you get out of that rhythm of life. You get out of that rhythm of work or practice. And especially with athletes, you are so stuck to this rhythm. And I think athletes more than anybody or anybody that really has ever been in a routine, a constant routine, you know that, okay, at this time I'm going to wake up, this time I'm going to eat breakfast, this time I'm going to go work out, this time I'm going to shower, this time, this time, this time, and and you get in that routine. Well, I I was reading an article on the Virginia Pilots website at 757teams.com, and I came across a very cool 
opportunity. And it kind of goes along the, the lines of if you don't want to get out of the, 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 the realm of, of playing, if you don't want to get out of the realm and out of the routine, play ball. It's that simple. Play competitive ball. Well, whether it whether it's baseball, no matter what the sport is, just play competitive games. And Peninsula Catholic, which is one of the top men's basketball programs, boys basketball programs in the seven five seven, did a very cool thing over the the the, the holiday break. They were able to to travel to Las Vegas. They were able to travel to Charleston and play against teams that, let's be honest, they're probably not going to play during the regular season. They were able to raise the funds. They were able to make it happen, make the all the logistics and everything that kind of comes together with that. They were able to to make it work, and they were able to go out to Las Vegas and play in the Jerry Tarkenton. Uh, Tarkinian Classic in Las Vegas and the Low Country Round Ball Classic in Charleston. Back to back. They finished two and two in Las Vegas. And then of course three and oh down in Charleston. And I'll tell you this. I love this. I love this for a team, for for an organization, for a program to just keep on playing, to keep that consistency. And I understand. Not all schools are going to be able to, to raise the funds. Not all schools are going to be able to, to you know, take the opportunity to, to let their kids go to Vegas and, and South Carolina. But these are the chances and the opportunities that if you are able to make it happen, try to make it happen. One of the cool things that that the coach was talking about when when talking about these opportunities and, and when they got the call saying, hey, would you like to do this? Penance Catholic coach Trevor Dorsey said, if the logistics work, we were going to make it happen. And that's exactly what they did. He said it was such a cool opportunity and something that he didn't want to pass up because half the kids on his team had never ridden in a plane before. And think about those experiences. Think about those memories. Not only that you're going to have as an athlete in high school, but you that's going to stick with you for the rest of the season. And we, we talk about kind of team building and and, and camaraderie and, and continuing to play competitive exhibitions or, or competitive matchups that may not have any any credence to your regular season. It may not have any effect on on the standings at the end of the year. But will what? But it will what it will have an impact on is your team kind of coming together and making memories during these trips. Think about that. Think about these young men and these young women who are getting the opportunity to to go to another state to play teams that they would never play during the regular season if they just stayed here in the seven five seven or even in the state of Virginia. They're getting other opportunities to play athletes, to play teams, to play schools that they probably didn't even know existed. You are getting a chance to to open yourself up to different recruits, to different coaches. If you you know you you, you talk to a coach and said, "Hey, 
head coach of UNLV. I'm going to be in town. My team's going to be in town for this tournament. We'd love for you to come out and check out our point guard, our center. It opens the eyes and the future for so many of these athletes. 95% of these athletes, high school basketball is the only time they're going to play basketball. It's very rare that you go on to the next level in college and you play and, and you kind of get those reps in. It's even lesser of a, of a percentage of, of those that go on to play pro basketball somewhere, let alone the NBA. And it's so cool to see these opportunities for, for Peninsula Catholic because they are getting that time to to spend together as a team. Think about the memories you are going to make on the plane in the hotel rooms and and and, and going out, you know, to dinner, to do different things when you're not playing basketball. When you're preparing, you are are team building. And at the end of the day, you're playing basketball. And I love that. I think one of the coolest things when I was in high school during spring break, and it was obviously different, you know, being on the track team and things of that nature. There's not as much of a, of a team camaraderie as as there usually is, because track and field is a lot of individual sports and individual events, and you you come all together and it's a team team game at the end. But I think one of the biggest things that that I remember from the weekend road trips, from the weekend tournaments, from the weekend invitationals that we would go on and spend the entire weekend outside of the 757, those are the times where I remember things the most. I remember those times with my teammates, with my coaches. I remember going and doing things together. And I'm not saying that you have to go take trips to Las Vegas or or California or, or wherever the case may be. And I know a lot of baseball teams, and I think that's a very cool thing. A lot of baseball teams in the 757 during spring break, they go and play baseball. It's so smart. We talked yesterday about, about the women's team and how it's hard to play just four games in a matter of two weeks when you're used to playing eight games in two weeks your mind is all, all 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 scattered you don't really know what day it is am i supposed to play today or tomorrow or what is today you get confused but staying in a routine staying in constant contact with not only your teammates but also your coaches your players your administrators the people that are on your team it, it, it's so vital and, and and congratulations a very good run on during this during this time and I'm not saying you got to go to Las Vegas. You could go to, to Northern Virginia, go to D.C. for something, find a tournament, and find a way to make it work so not only are you playing basketball, you're playing baseball, you're playing softball, soccer, lacrosse, field hockey, no matter what the sport is, go out, learn, take in some reps, some mental reps, and you know what? Some life reps as well. Because those reps, those memories that these kids are going to have, they're going to be telling people for the rest of their lives. Man, I remember when I was in high school, I remember going to Las Vegas for an invitational. It was it was one of the coolest moments of my of my high school career. And that's what I love because the, the moments that you remember the most are the ones that are kind of 
not maybe they're not really a part of the regular season. And I think that's just a cool thing that that Peninsula Catholic was able to do over the the holiday break. And congratulations to them for having a great run there. Obviously, the the number nine team ranked in the in the seven five seven in the Hampton Roads area. They're performing very well this season, and I can't wait to see how not only do, does this camaraderie and this you know holiday break, but how how do they kind of bounce back back into the the regular season after a a, a very tough stretch in Las Vegas and in, in in Charleston. It should be fun. They got a game coming up this weekend against Princess Anne, who's a very good team on Saturday. How will they do? Only time will tell. Seven five seven at six coming to a close. I, I announced yesterday that I would tell you this is going to be Robbie's roundout. I mean, it just makes sense. Robbie's roundout, rounding out the seven five seven. Don't forget, you can shoot us a text on the Pitbull Tobacco One More text line seven five seven six eight seven nine four nine four. And of course, you can always tweet at me at Robbie Vogler R O B B I E V O G L E R. You can tweet at us at ESPN Radio 941. It's going to be a great year. A lot of big things on the horizon, not only for the Tim Donnelly Show, but also for the 757 at 6. And, of course, for ESPN Radio 94.1. We hope you will be here with us all year long and beyond. Until then, until, uh, I guess, tomorrow for the 756 for Tim Donnelly, I'm Robbie Vogler saying so long. Have a great night. Later.